Welcome to your Breakthrough Blueprint. I'm your host, Becky Oste, a wife, mom, and trauma-informed marriage coach. After a decade of trying all the mainstream modalities of healing to save my marriage, I found myself two kids later separated and on the verge of divorce. That's when I stumbled upon the unconventional game changer of somatic work that not only resurrected my dying marriage, but bled into breakthroughs in my parenting, purpose, spirituality, health, wealth, business, and more in just six months. My intention with this podcast is simple. Through every weekly episode, my goal for you is that one, you realize how insanely collective our struggles are, that you're not even close to alone. Two, that you can laugh a little because God knows we need it. And three, that you walk away with actionable advice on how to design your unique blueprint for your breakthrough life. So get your earbuds in, grab your coffee so you can sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Welcome to another episode with a friend that has become, yeah, a pretty fast friend. We met through Instagram. Um, We immediately geeked out on what each other's paths have been to get to where we are. There's a lot of commonalities and I just really love her energy and everything about her. Bridget Coville's on the podcast today. Uh, She came into my group coaching container last week and blew all of my clients and myself away. It was... (laughs) Do you remember me saying, I was like, I can't wait for this breathwork session tonight. I got the fireplace going on. Like, I can't wait to relax. And oh, it's not going to be that kind of breathwork. Surprise. (laughs) Welcome on Bridget. Before we dive in, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, we became really fast friends and I just, I I love everything you're doing, Becky. So yeah, my name is Bridget. I am a feminine embodiment coach and a uh, breathwork facilitator. So I help women really embody and learn about their feminine energy in their life, business and relationships. I got into this space in 2019 when I chose sobriety for my life. And that really was, it was like the beginning that actually, to be completely honest, was the easy part of my journey. It wasn't easy at the time, but That was like what catapulted me into personal growth and all this work. And like you, I started with mindset work and it worked immediately. In fact, my first business was, I always said drinking wasn't my problem. It was my thinking. And so mindset work was amazing. I I love mindset work. Our beliefs absolutely create our experience. And I just, I hit a wall along my journey, specifically around the sisterhood wound and feeling like I wasn't chosen. And I just remember at one point telling my coach, if I could change my story around this, I would, but it just, it feels like it's attached to my bones. And what I now know, what you know as well, is it was attached to my tissue and my nervous system. And so I got introduced to somatic work, worked with a somatic coach, and from there found breath work. And yeah, here I am today. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a powerful term you chose to use, attached to your bones. And I've heard it, and people say the issues are in the tissue. And so many of us have followed the breadcrumb trail and I think gotten into the mindset work and then just reached a point after years of whether it's talk therapy or trying affirmations or listening to podcasts, reading books, where we feel like we're hitting this glass ceiling. And a lot of women have expressed, myself included, I feel like there's more potential breakthrough beyond this. Maybe this is as good as it gets, but that's when a lot of us find the somatic piece, the breath work, the grounding tools, the nervous system regulation. And yeah, we took similar paths, same as all of my clients. This seems to be like the last stop, but I'm hoping it'll be the first in your own that somatics becomes more and more known. 
But one term I'd love to unpack real quick that you mentioned, I know listeners might be like, what is that? I think I could guess what sisterhood wounds are, but could you explain what that is? Yes. And every woman that I've ever talked to has a version of this. Sisterhood wound for me really manifested in friendships. And if I think back, it started, I clearly remember standing in the garage with my bull haircut with a purple polo shirt and having this conversation with a friend who didn't invite me somewhere. And to me, that's like my earliest memory of just the sisterhood wound. So it's the insecurity, the jealousy, the the betrayal, the mistrust that we all feel sometimes, some more than others with women. And we have a variety of reasons of why that came to be in our life. But for me, that particular wound, I, I can trace it back to where it came from, but it was still showing up in my body as a grown adult where in friendships, but it was also showing up in my marriage, this idea of I'm not chosen. I just, I could mm-hmm. feel it. And what happened from that was certain behaviors that may have been dubbed as dramatic or manipulative, but really it was my way of just like protecting my heart and feeling safe. And it was the only thing that I knew at the time. So the sisterhood wound was something I really had to heal. And it, it took a long time, long time to heal it. And I wish to God I had found somatics mm-hmm. at the time when I learned about this wounding and what was causing so many of my relationship issues, like I said, with friends, with women, but also in my marriage. So, yeah. That's powerful. Thanks for explaining that. Mm-hmm. So I would love to dive into breath work and feminine energy today. So starting with breath work, I know this is going to be really hard for you, Bridget, but if you could summarize is why you're so obsessed with breath work in one minute or less. <laughs> okay. So to me, breath work, I think the missing piece in today's world is being able, we're learning to feel our feels, but we're still not very good at actually expressing and releasing it, which is ties so perfectly into feminine energy. But this type of breath work is like an excavation tool. It will literally go into the tissues where you are holding stress, trauma, tension, and it will help you unlock that. You did it. I think that was even 30 seconds. That was amazing. (laughs) So when you came into our group the other night, I remember it was just like a long day and I did tell you, I can't wait for some relaxing breath work. The fireplace was ready, all of that. And just by the look on your face, I was like, oh, I don't think she does this kind of breath work. This is one of those activating, excavating type of breath work. So could you explain the style or the training, the type of breath work that you facilitate? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the typical breath work when I meet women and they go, oh, I do breath work every morning. I'm like, there is no way you do this breath work every morning. (laughs) Pranayama, which is literally the breath, right? It's different breath patterns that many of us are used to. And it's usually between one to five minutes. It can be very slow and getting us into our parasympathetic rest and digest, but it, it can also be activating. Like the breath of fire is one I love to use. I highly recommend any of your listeners, if they meditate to try something like the breath of fire first because it really helps you ground into your body so the type of pausing there Bridget what is the breath of fire yeah so the breath of fire is it's really hard to say it you'd have to you could google it to show it but it's a very fast and activating breath in through the nose out through the nose so it it sounds very activating and if you do 30 of them if you're very anxious if you do 30 rounds of it it will immediately move that energy throughout your body I love to do it in the afternoon when I, instead of getting, grabbing coffee, I will do the breath of fire. And yeah, those are like patterns that people have heard of. Breath of fire is a common one. Box breathing is a parasympathetic one. I teach the five, five, seven breath in five, hold for five, out for five. 
all through the nose. The type of breathwork that I teach is called the reset method. And it's more similar to if you've heard of holotropic breathwork, holotropic, I think I'm saying that, which is a three hour journey of using a very activating breath through the mouth. So the type I teach is not that long. In thir- It's a 30 minute journey paired with visualizations and music and affirmation. And what we are doing with this breath, it's a three part breath through the mouth. So you're breathing in through the belly, in through the chest, and then out. And as you do this rhythmically for 30 minutes, what happens is it's something called transient hypofrontality. And what it does is it temporarily stops. This is going to sound like scary, but it temporarily stops the blood flow to the the frontal cortex, which is where many of us get stuck. It Mm -hmm. is where our stories live, right? It is where the limiting beliefs. So when we can turn that part of the brain off temporarily, we actually access the, the subconscious mind. We access our body. We access the emotions and the trauma and the stagnant energy that gets built up in our body without necessarily sometimes where it's coming from. Like oftentimes when I go through a journey, I will get, I think you had said it during our our group coaching, like you can get an incredible download, you can receive clarity, you can receive a message, a word, but oftentimes you'll just have this experience where you release something. You don't Mm -hmm. necessarily know what you're releasing, but you are releasing something. You're crying, you're screaming, you're laughing, you're shaking. And I remember witnessing this with one of the women in your group. And it's it to me, the reason I'm so obsessed with it is because I think as a society, we are so obsessed with the story. And Mm. what breathwork does is it gets you into the sensations, into the tissues of your body, into your nervous system, and it stretches it. So that's the last thing I want to say about this type of breath work is you talked about nervous system regulation. And I think that's what people think of when they think of breath work. They go, how can I think of how can I find how can I use my breath to regulate, to calm down? What this teaches you how to do is how can you actually be in a stressful state, in a sympathetic state and be okay with that? Mm -hmm. Instead of regulation, how can we create resiliency? which is, can I stretch my window of tolerance? Can I actually be, because as this isn't about getting rid of stress. This isn't about getting rid of overwhelm. It's about how can I not lose my, can I cuss on this podcast? Yes, you're allowed <laughs> how, how can I not lose my ever living shit when I'm in a stressful state? And that's what this breath work has helped me do. It's helped me actually experience stress because I'm putting you into a sympathetic nervous system state in a safe environment. So you're uh-huh. actually completing the cycle, which most of us don't do. We feel stressed in life and we go to eating, drinking, scrolling, shopping, yelling at our kids, whatever it is to discharge the stress, to discharge the energy. And so this in this journey, you're discharging it in a very non-destructive, safe manner so that the next time it happens, your capacity to hold it is a lot bigger. Yeah. I love it. It's literal practice, like basketball practice for the game, the actual live game when stakes are higher and it's the real deal. And I love that you brought this up because a lot of people do hear system, nervous system regulation or somatic work. And they do think, okay, I just got to learn how to be Zen all the time and the fingers together, the ohm, that's what their mind goes to. When so much of it is practicing, like you said, stretching that window of tolerance and getting more comfortable actually leaning into pain, which we've been so used to running away from and being allergic to. And like you said, no, 
numbing, escaping, hyperachieving away from all of the the hard feelings. So it seems like the way you describe it, maybe to some people a little scary. And I know my clients, before we began the session, you checked in with all of us, how we were all so excited and ready to go. And then others were just really nervous. They're like, I don't know what to expect. And I love your trauma-informed approach that you said at any time, if this isn't working for you or feeling good, just stop, go back to your normal breath. You're in power at all times and you can stop whenever you want and really applaud yourself for, Hey, I even made it one minute. If that's all you did, it's learning to stretch. And I think one of my favorite things about, so in the trauma world, I I think in five years, we are going to see this type of breath work come standard because what is becoming standard behind the scenes is plant medicine. And more Mm -hmm. and more Western physicians are seeing the evidence that plant medicine really helps them bypass like I talked about that transient hypofrontality, like bypass that frontal cortex and really get into where these blocks are. But not everybody can do the the plant medicine. I, for one, being sober, don't want to touch that. So this type of breath work, you are, yes, you can enter altered states of consciousness. And what I mean by that is just altered states of awareness. Deeper awareness is really what it is. But you are also very conscious. So at any time you have your foot on the gas and the foot on the brake, you can pick it up, right? If you're experiencing a breakthrough and you really want to keep going, you can go harder. But like you said, if it's too much, can I share my first experience with breathwork? Yeah. Yeah. So the first time I did this, my mentors, the healing couple came into my coaching program and taught us, or that that wasn't my first time, but it was, I think it was like my third time doing it. I started to experience panic in my body, like a, a panic attack. And I'm sorry, I started to experience panic that normally would lead to a panic attack. And what I now know is it it really was, I was so disconnected from my body. So when I was experiencing panic, it's instead of level two anxiety, I'm at a level 10 right? So I was actually feeling it. I was aware of it because I was so disconnected from my body that scared the shit out of me. So I would feel my heart race or I would feel a little dizzy, right? All, all signs of anxiety and panic. And then I would panic about my panic mm-hmm. and I would immediately shut it down. Like try to distract myself, try to take a breath, try to sometimes when I would like vagal maneuver is something we do in nursing. It would help regulate my heart rate again. But what I learned in breath work is I started to do this very activating breath and I started to panic, i.e., or another way to say it is I just was feeling my body, truly. I was feeling sensations in my body, but I heard the facilitator say, and he specifically called out my name. He said, Bridget, I see you keep going. You are safe. You are safe to be in your body. You are safe to feel. And I kept going. And I, Becky, I kid you not, I have never had what I call a panic attack since because yeah yeah and i had my mentors on my podcast and i shared this with them and i asked them and the way they described it was i finally completed the cycle yeah yeah so i was experiencing panic in my life and it wasn't because i was anxious right i I identified for years as i'm just anxious no there was a part of me that was not completing that cycle i was feeling it and i was shutting it down so Breathwork to me has been incredible ways. Yes, you can feel anxious and nervous in this state, but doing it in a really safe environment Mm -hmm. is almost always what we need. 
Yeah. And that was the really powerful piece for me is you had such a balance of that feminine energy that I know we'll get into the softness, the nurturing, the care, but you had such a solid, I felt like she's got us, she's leading us, she's guiding us. And so the balance of the two, and then adding on top of that, you calling us out by name, like a lot of us that, Mm -hmm. that touched our souls and our hearts and our bodies on a level that was a huge release for many of us. And at one point in the session, like you said, it gets to things that you don't even know why you're crying or like why you're shaking. And at this point with the somatic work I've done, I know that the why is not as important. The why can keep us kind of our head and taking us down rabbit holes that really don't change anything that we're actually experiencing in the body. Instead of getting hooked on the why, I was just like, I'm just going to trust my body and do what I feel like it needs me to do right now. So I got up actually, I don't know if you remember that off camera. Cause I was like, I just need to shake this out. And I was just like shaking my whole body and crying and releasing. And I came back when I felt like all of it was discharged, mm-hmm. but it's, what you said, that term completing the cycle is what where so many of us get stuck and where so many people end up having the trauma trapped in our cells, the issues in the tissues, because we haven't completed whatever the cycle is. There was a couple weeks ago, a client of mine had a traumatic situation where she went to her normal church building, but it sounds like she didn't go into details, but there was some big physical health scare of somebody and she was the only one there to help them. And it was very traumatic to her. And she's been terrified to go back to her church ever since, like anxiety every time she goes to the building. So we did a guided somatic visualization. She went back to that moment and basically completed what she wasn't able to complete in that moment because she was in her freeze state or her flight state. And so she went back and felt in her body, this is what I would do. I would call somebody for help or my sister would be there. And then we would literally run away because that's all I wanted to do was run away. And I felt like I couldn't. So she's picturing this. She's actually picturing herself running from the building saying, somebody else take care of this. This is too much. And I just watched all of her as I'm like tracking her nervous system. It go from panic to total calm and slower breath and pink back in her face and all the things that we're trained to track in people. And she's been able to go back to church now without a panic attack. But that's, I think, really valuable for listeners just to know there's so much healing that can be done just by completing the cycle of doing what you couldn't do in that moment for whatever reason. And sometimes it is even actually going to an open field and running, sprinting to fit in your body. I love what you said. And I've heard you talk about this on your podcast. I believe it's from Waking the Tiger that where he talks about a woman. I've had a woman in my breathwork session do the same thing during, I forget the actual theme that we were doing, but all of a sudden her arms start moving like this, like she's running really fast. She's laying down and she's moving and she's moving. And she had said when she got up, I think I know what that was about, but all I know is I felt panic and my arms just started moving. She wasn't entirely sure what the panic was from, but yeah, And you also said something else that came up as you were talking in a book called Untethered Soul. I can't remember the author, but he talks about it's specifically related to your client that you just talked about. We're not actually afraid of the thing. We're not actually afraid of the building or the person. It's what the building and the person does to our body. It's the feeling that we experience inside. That's what we're avoiding. So in one of the biggest benefits breathwork has done for me is it has allowed me more capacity to feel anything. I can feel fear. I can feel grief. I can feel rage and I know how to feel it. 
I know how to complete the cycle. I know how to process and express and release it. And so my actual day-to-day anxiety is like nothing. I have zero anxiety today because I now know that my anxiety was always about a feeling. When you actually break it down, it was truly about, I wasn't afraid that people were going to leave me out or reject me. I was afraid of what that rejection felt like in my body. That's what I was fighting. That's what I was fighting and trying to numb. So as soon as you allow your body to feel all of it, like endless possibilities open up for you and there is no fear, which is then, yeah, incredible. And then isn't a piece of it, like with drinking, alcohol doesn't help anxiety. Would you agree? Can you speak? Oh, hell no. I thought it did. I thought it was helping in the moment, but no, the next day, especially like it just, it completely ramps you up. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is if I don't want to feel my anxiety, I'm numbing my anxiety, but I also was numbing joy and Mm -hmm. love and connection, right? You, you, you don't have an option to numb one or the other. And it doesn't fully go away when you're numbing it. It's just waiting there in your body for when you're sober again and you have to keep numbing. So I bring that up because I can relate. And my listeners know through the pandemic, my drinking picked up exponentially and really became a problem for me. It's been another journey. Yeah, that's like a whole other topic we could dive into. Yeah. Restoring a healthy relationship with alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. I always say drinking was my thing, but every woman, every man out there, like we have our thing that we reach for to feel better. How cool (laughs) would it be if we just started reaching for our breath? Love it. Switching into feminine energy, because I know you're also passionate about this. And I know breath work can clear out so much junk that allows feminine energy to actually flow through your actual body. So people listening may have heard this term, but either way, can we umbrella start with what is feminine energy and masculine energy and take it from there? Sure. Yeah. And breathwork definitely aligns perfectly with feminine energy. I always say like meditation is more masculine energy because masculine. Well, so both energies we all have in our body. It's not gender specific, but for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to talk about my core energy being a woman as feminine, my husband's being a masculine. But that's not always the case. I do just want to preface that. So we have both energies within us. Becky described me using both of my energies the day of breathwork. Feminine energy is more flowy. It's more nurturing. It's very expressive. And it I, I describe it as nature, as the, the ocean is a beautiful description of it. Many metaphors out there, but the ocean is beautiful and serene. It also can be wild and destructive at times. And that's feminine energy. So those of you guys listening, when you're like, oh my gosh, I'm high, I'm low, I'm up, I'm down. Yeah, beautiful. Exactly. It's just about stewarding that energy, right? So that it doesn't get discharged onto our husband or onto our kids. Trying to fight against that and trying to just be even keeled and the same energy and the same mood every day, all day, all month long, like good luck. Yeah. The more that you can just embrace that is feminine energy. Feminine energy is all over the place and it's beautiful. It's amazing. And it is a gift to specifically to your marriage. It's a gift if you can learn to really harness it. And then masculine energy is so going back to my metaphor, let's say like feminine energy is like the river. Masculine would be the river bank. So it's very much the safety net. It's very much the structure it, it is the, the consciousness, the presence, and then the feminine energy is the energy. Femininity is energy. Masculine is consciousness. Yeah. The song you played during our breathwork session was like a river. Wasn't yeah. that a part of the list? Yeah. 
So I love the visual of the river bank, the river bank, because you took us through that in the breathwork session. And that I didn't tell you, it actually helped me a lot because two days after that session, I had my surgery. I had the umbilical hernia repair because my daughter was nine pounds, 14 ounces and stayed two weeks over her due date. And so she basically ripped my abs apart. So I've put this off for four years and I was terrified about it. Like high anxiety, like I have not felt in years about going under anesthesia. It's just something for me that I'm like, I don't like that somebody is taking away my consciousness. And I've always, even with drugs, like I've never been into drugs for that reason. I'm like, I don't want to be in this crazy altered state of consciousness that I have no control over and can't decide when I want to snap out of. So what helped me was actually remembering the breathwork session. And I was playing that song over and over again, going into anesthesia, like a river. Yeah. And I was like, I just have to surrender to it. I'm going to, I was picturing myself when I go under, it's like floating down the river, but there will be a point when I stand up again and my feet are firmly planted. And man, did I feel good waking up from anesthesia? Actually, I was like, whoa, I can do that again. I feel really good right now. Oh my God. Thank you for sharing. Um, Yeah. Wow. That visual is super powerful just alone, but then experiencing it with breath work helped me a lot. Uh, I state of anxiety. That's awesome. But yeah, thank you for just defining it. I think they're buzzwords that are going around. Some people are like, what is it exactly? I went to Mexico in November on a feminine radiance leadership retreat. And it was really for a bunch of women like me who tend to lean more towards the masculine, the get her done, the task oriented kind of muscle through it energy and learning how to tap into our feminine more and go slow and soft and a lot of yoga. But then also there were sessions like releasing the wild woman, which was me releasing anger loud enough for I think the whole resort to hear which was terrifying for me that's very new there's been a lot of suppressed anger for me all throughout my life and it's been I'm going to do an episode on it actually soon about how much this is showing itself on the forefront of just my own personal healing that like that it's time to get this out so I did a rage room with my friends oh a couple my weeks ago and I'm just leaning into getting this out of my body amazing and you grew up in the church too right uh-huh. So yeah, I think that is so common to have the suppressed anger. Unfortunately for me, I was very in touch with my anger and rage, but not really in a primal way. So I love hearing that those opportunities exist. I That is on my vision board for 2024 is to go to something like that. Because yeah, like I said, my biggest thing was really showing my like sadness and my my heart to my husband specifically. I was very comfortable in my bitch mode. But yeah, but yeah, working towards that, I think it's and the other thing I would say when you're thinking of energies is if you just think of so I love the like law of conservation of energy, it says energy is not destroyed or created, right? It just transforms. And so energy is in our body, if we divert the energy up to our head, like you said, organizing, planning, those things that we have to do. So it's not bad. Masculine energy is not bad. But feminine energy is all about diverting that energy back down. So where does the rage live in your body, not in your head, not in the stories, but where is it from the neck down? Um, And that is why breathwork somatics, to me, it just, it's very feminine because it's all about feeling the emotions, but it is about expressing them energy. It has to come up and out. 
somehow, whether it's through your hands and moving really fast or stomping your feet or screaming. But to me, once I started to embrace what feminine energy is and this part of me and that this was actually a beautiful part of me, that's what unlocked the ability to really express it and let it go in ways that you just described. And then I have my own anger release practices that I'll do occasionally. And yeah, it's just, it makes you feel incredible afterwards. So what are your anger release practices? Give us a glimpse. So I have a playlist. I have an ang- My favorite is with music on anything. I have a playlist for really everything I'm feeling, like a sad playlist with a lot of Celine Dion and that sort of stuff. And then I have a rage list with Linkin Park and I think there's a good Charlotte, all the yeah. rage songs. So I will honestly put that on and just throw a freaking tantrum. For me, I am like, as a mom, prior to somatic coaching, I was always a yeller. And when I, again, started to learn about energy and started to really own and accept who I was, I recognized, oh, wait, my body actually needs to yell to discharge that. That's not a bad thing. So I am a big screamer. I will go up. My kids will do it with me. They will throw me pillows when I'm mad. They'll be like, here, mom, here's a pillow. And I will go scream in a pillow. I will go scream out in my woods occasionally. But yeah, screaming is really helpful for me. Most of the time it's dancing and hitting and just, it's just, it's what you would do in a rage room, but just doing it upstairs in the comfort of your own home for a daily practice. It's so interesting because you you mentioned we both grew up in the church and then even if people didn't grow up in the church, maybe in the home, anger was always a bad thing and it was chastised and disciplined. And I think what you've been saying, there's a way to channel that energy and that anger so it doesn't get stuck in our body and doesn't get wrapped with these stories of shame too, where it's, oh, now I'm angry. So my immediate thought is I'm bad or something's wrong with me or I'm a monster. It can be so much shame tied to anger. But so it's so different now parenting my kids, way different than the way I got parented in that realm where it's, are you angry? Awesome. Let's go scream into this pillow or punch it or whatever. Just as long as you're not harming yourself or somebody else, like this is good to get out. And then it passes. There's not bottling up like this shaken soda bottle. And there's power in our anger, right? Like it it does tell us where our boundaries are. It tells me what I like, what I don't like. Like I, I always, I am a, a Christian and I always share that I really do think God communicates to us through our emotions. Like many of us do not actually verbally hear his voice, but I hear him in my emotions. Like I know what I like, what I don't like, what I need, what I desire. And it's all based on how I'm feeling. And the other thing about feminine energy specifically is feminine energy is in the moment. So it's, are you angry in the moment? Are you sad in the moment? So learning to express it like in the moment is one of the most vulnerable, but also powerful things you can do to really tap into that energy. So I I just want to share that. Yeah. Yeah. I relate. I usually say like with my body, same with emotions, but I feel like God speaks to me through my body, which is so against everything I had been conditioned to believe about my body. My body was always like bad or sinful or the flesh or something to be afraid of, or the heart is deceitful. Like I had such a distrust and disconnection in my own relationship with my own body. So it's been really honestly beautiful to reclaim exactly what you just said. Whoa, that's how God speaks through me. And then, or to me through Mm -hmm. my body and then breath work, the way I see it is clearing out everything that's junk or gunk. I picture like, what's it called? The pipes to your sink. If there's gunk and buildup, I see breath work is like getting all of that gunk out. So God can have more room to fill up within me. Yes. 
Yeah, that's the biggest thing I, I say breathwork does is it, it increases my capacity to not just hold more of life, but it also increases my capacity to go back to the anxiety. I recognize when I'm getting frustrated. Talk about, I think a lot of women listen to this. So I'm like day two of my period, right? I recognize the PMS when it, the day it's happening. Usually I don't recognize it until I wake up and have my period. And I'm like, dang it. <laughs> right. And, and this, this is so common, but this is what breathwork has allowed me to do. It's allowed me to literally feel the smallest and most subtle sensations and shifts in my body immediately. Mm -hmm. So I don't always know why it's coming up. I don't always know that my period's around the quarter or I'm irritated at this, but I know something has shifted in my body and I need to attend to that. And that yes. has been one of the biggest gifts because many of us try to slow down. And I, I love meditation, but to me, meditation can be incredibly hard if you are used to being in the head and your thoughts are all, always racing, right? And we know that's part of meditation. It's not, the goal is not always to quiet the mind, but it can be really hard to get still and focus. Mm -hmm. And breath work yeah. is a very activating. That's why I say it reminds me of feminine energy. It's very energetic. It's very activating. It's very expressive. Um, and it's very active. So those of us that like to do stuff to feel better, breathwork is a great tool for that because it is that excavator tool or it's like a broom going into your, I love the issues and the tissues. It's sweeping out where there's clutter and it's making more room for the things that we actually want to feel, which is incredible. More space for feminine energy to flow too. Amen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Have I asked you what your Enneagram type is? Yes. I'm the same as your husband. I'm a four. Four. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Four and nine gravitate towards each other. Are so you a nine? Cool. Yeah. I thought you were a one. I did too. I, you'll have to listen to the whole episode about my identity crisis where <laughs> for the past five years, I thought I was a one. And then I took the actual paid version and one wasn't even close to the top, Bridget. It was like fifth in line. And then I started diving into type nines. I'm like, oh my God, it's me. And like, um, the sad thing is type nines are the least in touch with their own identity. So I'm like, of course I'm a nine. Of I had an identity that's awesome. No, I'm a four, but I think, correct me if I'm, I think fours are generally the ones that are, can be difficult <laughs> in a way. Yeah, you're not easy to be married to. You're no, I'm not. Serious. <laughs> no, I agree. I can own that. I can, but yeah, it's been a while. I need to learn more about it. I'm gonna go back and listen to your episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It really was like an identity crisis. I was like, oh my God, I've, because I've loved the Enneagram for so long. So it was really like, what's happening right now? Who am I? What year is it? Yeah. But Bridget, this was so fun. There's so many different rabbit holes we could go down. We'll have to do another one of these. But for women, just to bring this all together, who are feeling like breath work, okay, I'd love to either try it for the first time or go deeper. And feminine energy, I would love to learn more about it. What are some practical baby steps women can take? Yeah, amazing. I'm so glad you asked. So specifically for feminine energy, I would say one of the biggest things if we talk like we talked about feminine energy is getting that blood flow, getting that energy, getting that attention from the neck down. So something one thing I, I do during the workday is I have a ball or a massage. I don't even know what this thing is called. It's like a foot massager. I'll put it under my desk and I'll roll my foot on it daily. 
And that's a great way, believe it or not, like people think feminine energy is wear pretty flowy dresses and jewelry and that that's an aspect of it. But feminine energy is senses. It's getting in touch with your sensuality. So can I feel my feet on the ground? Can I roll that ball during the day? Can I open up my chest? Can I, uh, a big one is like swiveling the hips, like I'm doing this, they can't see me, but swiveling the hips during the workday or while you're doing dishes. I tell all of my clients to play music, one song daily, unstructured, unstructured dancing, and just let your hips move the way that they want to move. So those are like some really practical ways to get into feminine energy, AKA get into your body. To me, it's one in the same, but yeah, those are things that I do during the day to really activate that. I love that. I've heard it simplified as feminine energy is being and masculine is doing. So yes. if feminine energy is being, that does include the wild side, or like you said, those emotions that are on the scale that aren't puffed and ooey gooey. Yeah. It's all of you. All it's of all of you. It's all of you. It's letting all of you come online. Yeah. And then if people want a taste of your breath work in particular, where can they find you? Yeah. So I host, I want a breath work to be incredibly affordable and accessible to everyone. So I host monthly classes. My next virtual class is at the end of this month in January. I don't know when this being published, but monthly classes. So you can come find me on Instagram and I will post them there. And that's a great way to just test the waters. Yeah. We'll put your link in the show notes and Bridget, thank you for your time You're to talk to you again. And I hope you have an awesome day. Thanks for having me. Ah, I'm honored you found today's episode worth your listen and time to hang out with me today. You know, for some of us, this podcast is just the thing you need to support you towards your breakthrough. But for others, we know we need a deeper level of support and guidance. So if you're a highly ambitious woman who's ready to repair deep, unshakable connection in your marriage, I'd love to tell you about my client coaching program called Root to Rise. This is the life-changing transformational container that will teach you exactly how to launch your marriage to the next level by moving trauma out of your body and stepping back into your power. Even if you've already tried everything, even if you're caught on the fence of should I stay or should I go, and even if your husband's not on board today. So look for my link in the show notes to book a call with me and we'll just talk about what's working, what's not, where you want to go. And very easily, I'll be able to tell you if and how I can help you. And if not me, I can still point you in the direction of some resources that can. So either way, tons of clarity. We'll have some fun getting to know each other while we're at it. And that's it for today. Huge hugs, my friend. I'll chat with you next Friday.